Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Nerds with Friends. My name is Cody Leach, and as always, I'm joined by Christian Garcia. So anyone on YouTube can see, and I just found this. It was right behind on the toys. This guy looks like Cody. Yeah, little G.I. Joe guy. <laughs> He's yeah. even got your sunglasses. I know. And my love of grenades, which is cool. Uh, and uh, joining us via Zoom, we have Anthony Joyce, who's uh, written many a D- D&D module. And we're going to be talking some, uh, like, not only Dungeon Master tips, but how he kind of comes up with his world. So welcome to the show, man. It's good having you. Yeah. Thanks for having me guys. I'm really excited to be here and, and talk some D and D with you. So I'm ready to dive in. Oh man. Anytime we can talk D and D is a good day for us. Cause uh, we are a couple tabletop nerds. Um, and you know, anytime we can get some more content, we sure do love it. Heck yeah. Uh, uh, well to all of our listeners, watchers, viewers on YouTube, uh, we do appreciate you guys coming back every single week. Please like and subscribe. Click the little button down at the bottom, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or YouTube. We do appreciate it. And if you want to become a patron of the show, you can check out patreon.com slash nerdswithfriends um, to help us buy more de- deal modules. You know, we uh, the, they're not free a lot of times, so we do like to uh, spend a lot of our money there, too. So we do appreciate that. All right. Well, before we get into uh, talking about Dungeons & Dragons... Um, we'd like to do a little thing on the show called nerdy confessions, where we kind of confess the things that make us a nerd. So Christian, why don't you lead us off? And that way Anthony <laughs> can kind of see. So my nerdy confession is I'm almost done with the second act of the Sandman on audible. I, I think I talked about the first one. It was great. Um, it's so good. I can't wait to watch. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to do Sandman live action show. There has to be a show. I don't think they can do a movie of it. It's too long. Yeah, I think it's a show, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but um, it's so good. And now I'm into audio dramas. Like, now I want to listen to more. And actually, we were talking to our friend Tim. Um, hopefully, it gets done. There's going to be a Dark Tower Stephen King. Yeah, um, like a radio drama. Yeah, so I want, I want to hear more of those. I was trying to research, and, like, all they have is really, like, the old school ones, like really old school ones. Yeah, like, like War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds. Yeah. But I did find some cool ones that Vincent uh, Price has done. He's done a bunch of them, so I might mm. start listening to I those. I imagine those are quite old as well. Yeah. <laughs> but, dude, he's got such an epic voice. that it, It's oh, fucking timeless, so it doesn't matter. But I don't know. Like, I hope that the popularity of Sandman makes uh, some more because they're they're really cool yeah I, di- I didn't think it'd be a medium that i would enjoy but i've been enjoying it a lot so yeah. hopefully some more stuff happens and hopefully we get that stephen king one the dark tower going because that one should be cool hopefully interesting hopefully uh you should check out i think on audible where you can also listen to nerds with friends um they do have certain books um 
usually very popular books will have like a dramatized version. Yeah, but they're. I think they did some for like for um, Dune. I think one was one of the more recent ones I saw. I saw one. It wasn't on Audible. I think it was on one of the free Hoopla, one of the library ones. But it was for uh, Stormlight. No, it wasn't Stormlight Archive. But it was one Miss, of Mistborn. Maybe it might have been. It was yeah. one of um, uh, Brandon Sanderson's yeah. stories. But it was. It's obviously abridged. So you're not going to get the whole thing. Oh, interesting. So that's the only reason why I didn't do that one. I was like, no, I want the unabridged ones. You know, I want the whole thing. But I guess with the, they would be, those books are super thick. Can you imagine doing like audio yeah. drama of that? Like that, that would, it would be, it would be days, forever. Days yeah. long. It would yeah. be like, I don't know, like a hundred, over a hundred hours, but, um, it would be cool if someone did it, but that's yeah. going to be a lot of fucking money to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, my nerdy confession, uh, tabletop gaming related, um, I, I think I told you a couple weeks ago how I've been getting into Warcry, yes, Warhammer Warcry. Mm. Uh, um, so I've I've fallen even deeper into it. I've already I'm already buying my second Warhammer Warcry Warband, which is like you know your team of squad of guys um, together. So um, it it's one of these things where I think. Um, if you, if you ever get into like war gaming, Christian, I know you're not big on, uh, I'm not going to paint them. I can't paint that small. Uh, <laughs> de- you definitely could if you tried, <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's one of those things where like, I think part of the fun, much like in D and D, I think, um, where you're like creating a character can be just super fun. And there's, you know, I know people who have like 10 different characters just created and ready to go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same thing is true for like building army lists. And um, just like playing around with the points and the abilities and stuff, and yeah, so I've been I've been working on that for the, for the past week, and I've already ordered some new minis, so pretty pretty excited. What's the company? Uh, Games Workshop. Yeah, they own your soul. They right? sure do. Yeah, they that's sure like money. You, that's like a money pay right there. Oh. It's, but it's so good. It's so good. Warhammer. Oh, I, I don't it, blame you. And you know, one thing that's crazy too, you know, which I don't think gets a lot of like. Uh, not much talk and you know everyone when we talk warhammer we think about the miniatures and stuff but one of the things that i really like is the lore behind it i think it's mm-hmm. got a very rich diverse lore not only for 40k which is the sci-fi thing but age of sigmar which is the fantasy based one mm-hmm. um and some of the novels and stuff are are awesome you know It'd be cool if they if they leaned a little bit more into the role play aspect of it they have some role play light stuff in but not not what we're used to Cool. Uh, Anthony, how about you? What's what's a nerdy confession for you? Okay, nerdy confession. So I think uh, in the last month or so, I sat down on Hulu and for the first time ever in my life, I, I watched a TV series called Firefly. Oh, I heard, heard a lot about it. A little late to so, the party. <laughs> dude, I mean, I'm like, what? I've always heard about this Western thing, you know, and I, I sit down and watch it. I'm like, this is pretty damn good. And then it got, you know, like everybody says, the first season, that's it. And then it I read about like all the kerfuffle about how they screwed up the premiere of the show back in the day. And uh, it's disappointing, but I'm glad I got to like see it all uh, in one piece. I also ordered like the comics, I guess that tell the story between uh, the last episode and then Serenity, the movie. And then I watched the movie. So I got to get like the whole Firefly experience recently. Yeah. I I got to see it all in all in order kind of thing, the way it was meant to be. Yeah, it was we'll never see any more. Yeah. No, I know, right? I know. <laughs> I don't think we'll see good. any more of Joss Whedon stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure he'll be back. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so what'd you think? Good, good stuff, right? I think it was good. I I can see why a lot of people uh, are big brown coat fans, what mm-hmm. they're called, I guess. And 
uh, why they're sad with how the show was uh, rolled out and then kind of collapsed on itself. Um, you know, so I think it, it's a good, it, at least there's a good solid season. At least that's the silver lining. Uh, and it never jumped the shark, right? Kind of like, yeah. you know, some people have a bad taste from Game of Thrones the last few right. seasons. So at least it never got tarnished. Firefly lives on. And Wait, what was wrong with Game of Thrones? It had like the most perfect <laughs> ending. I don't understand. <laughs> you know, I have a theory about this, right? So like, uh, not how it got screwed. So it did get screwed up. But I think George R. R. Martin yeah. is probably the only author or one of the only authors in history that can can see how one type of ending for their books can <laughs> right. be and completely rewrite it. And then when he comes out with his final book, he'll be like, this is the real ending. And he's just going to have a big money grab because oh, everybody's going to like latch on to it. Yeah, uh, it's like that's uh, smart business. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's it, got like, like he's got the biggest group of beta readers of mm -hmm. any author ever. You know, yeah. everyone's like, dude, yeah. I did not like this. He's like, but I know you didn't. That's why I uh, wrote something different. <laughs> He, he play tested his novel. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Smart businessman yeah. in my book. I didn't yeah. write that's terrible. Yeah. I don't know why they did that. Who would do that? That's yeah. so dumb. Doesn't make uh, any sense. That's his aunt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. that's great. It's, I mean, I really hope we get to see the end of those books, but I don't know if we're going to. Uh, yeah, I know. You know he's already such a slow writer, and we've mm -hmm. talked about it on the show. Um, before him and have you ever read Patrick Rothfuss, the the name of the wind? I haven't. No. Oh mm. well, it's an excellent series, but I I I have a hard time recommending it to anybody because it the last book came out like ten years ago or eleven years ago maybe now, and we've been waiting on this third and final book of the of the first trilogy or whatever he's calling it um, since then, and we don't know when we're going to see it. And same thing with Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, mm -hmm. I think. The last book came out like two or three months before um, the last book for this guy. And mm. it's just like, man, we've been waiting for so long. I don't know if we'll ever actually see the end. George R. R. Martin's making way too much money off the show. He's yeah. like, I don't need to do anything to live off the residuals of that show. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, now the House Targaryen show is about to yeah. come out. Yeah, Tar House Targaryen's coming out. Yeah, he's yeah. going to be rolling in the dough. It's going to yeah. be great. I'd, I'd have a hard time sitting down at a typewriter or a computer, too. And, you know, yeah, like, yep. nah, these checks are I haven't finished the book, and these checks are still coming in? I'm yeah. good. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably making more money than an author normally makes. You know? Yeah, for sure. Like, even one Crushing of these Crushing it. Awesome. Well, we're going to take a quick little break for our word from our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to be talking some serious D&D with Anthony. So we'll be right back. And we're back. That's a, that's our little sponsorship break we take in the middle, Anthony, where nothing, nice. we just pause for a second, but some ads play. So it's, <laughs> it's a little behind the curtain here. Editing tricks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's me like pausing, cutting, spreading yep. it out, insert ads about, you know, tourism to Georgia or whatever. Didn't we get one for Oregon? <laughs> yeah, it was something Tour. like that. Yeah. Visit Georgia or Oregon or whatever. We're like, okay, no. cool. I mean, Oregon. Oregon's tight. <laughs> I think, they put, oh, I think one of the funniest ones, they, they put like an Xbox commercial in when we had just spent like the whole time talking about how awesome ps5 is <laughs> okay i'm pretty sure we were trashing the xbox yeah too. maybe uh it's awesome <laughs> all right anthony so tell us a little bit about you know like who you are what you what you do and some of these you know how you come up with uh let's start with like what kind of publications you're actually putting out there for the world of D. &D. yeah so uh i'm anthony joyce and you can find me on twitter 
at Thrawn589, named after Grand Admiral Thrawn, big yep. Star Wars fan. Hey, you and, think we're uh, gonna see him in uh, coming up in like one of the next oh, Disney Plus series? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's, he's got. I think the 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 Ahsoka series he's going to be in. Nice. He's going to be the main villain from. I what feel I like hear. they That's, announced it, right? I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, they did. Uh, there is some back and forth about who's going to play Thrawn. Yeah. Um. So we'll see who ends up doing that. Benedict but I'm excited. You beat me. I was about to say yeah. it. With a little, little, <laughs> yes. Like even with a little like pencil mustache would be sick with his <laughs> yes. blue skin. Oh, yes. Hundred percent. Uh, <laughs> I'm so I'm such a yeah I'm glad Thrawn is getting his due now finally yeah. in, in the Star Wars universe. But uh, like like Thrawn, uh, my real life job I'm an army strategist. I'm an active duty army strategist, so uh, I do big things for the army uh, with my brain power. <laughs> and uh, on the side, I am a D and D writer designer. I mainly design adventures uh, on DM skill that you can find them. You can find that my whole. Uh, portfolio on my website anthonydreams.com and i just love doing that i started back in 2018 so i've been doing this for over three years now uh and i'll continue to to do it uh, i really enjoy making these products and so uh what you'll notice what i think is really cool about the things i design is i'm a huge music like person i, I believe like music is what i listen to when i am writing something or trying to come up with an idea it inspires me, but I can sometimes tailor make entire adventures to thematic themes, soundtracks and whatnot. Yeah. And so if you're into that, you'll like my adventures that I have to offer. Yeah. I mean, you know, I when we were talking to you about getting you on the show, we definitely we looked through some of your um, excerpts and stuff that you have available there. And it definitely seemed like you have a, a big focus on like bards and having that like cinematic musical background kind of thing. And I think that's one of the things that um, is an often overlooked um, addition to anyone's D and D game. You know, you know, everyone talks about like your dice and your miniatures or your scenery or your maps or whatever, but just having like a decent soundtrack in the background, whether it's something you've curated or one of the ones available on like Spotify or whatever, mm -hmm. I think is a really important addition to really brings that kind of the adventure to life. Um, so let me ask you this as far as like creating a module, cause I've only dabbled, you know, I've, I've kind of, uh, accepted my position in, in my group of friends as like the forever DM, uh, yeah. <laughs> which, you know, I don't know when I'll, or if I'll ever get to play D and D again. Um, Bless but you. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, one would say you're one that plays the most as a DM because I, you do most of the talking and most. Not true. <laughs> <laughs> My team never listens to me. <laughs> that's how that's how it feels. Uh, but um, one of the things that has always been daunting to me is the creation of some like my own adventure, and I've I've done it like I think twice, um, and it it started off for me at least so much like just, I had a, a basic structure and then I just improv the crap out of it. Um, and I'd like to know, like, how do you go about creating one of these adventures? Do you kind of start with a rough outline or do you have just like a whole story with a bunch of beats all in your head, ready to go. And, and you just know kind of from the get go where you're going with it. That's a good question. So uh, I'll, to preface, we'll talk about, adventure design and uh specifically do you want me to talk like for like a published product type adventure or just like one i'm gonna run and just... both or yeah why, why don't we start with just okay. one you're running with your with your friends or your your local group okay 
So um, I think some of the lessons I've learned in actual like published adventure design can translate really well to homebrew DMs and whatnot. And that is you'll, you know, my creative process is I'll try to get a theme I want to have for a session. So do I want horror? Do I want sci-fi? Do I want comedic? And once I kind of can nail down a theme, um, I'm drawn to just like musical sounds, uh, mu music scores from like movies, sure. uh, cinema, and I'll kind of listen to them. So if I'm doing like, you know, uh, a, a magical school thing, I'll listen to like the Harry Potter soundtrack. If sure. I'm listening, if I want to do like a sci-fi theme, uh, I'll do do like Blade Runner. And the the music will help me to visualize what it is I'm trying to evoke from my players, okay? Um, a lot of times I also t like to tap into emotional cues. Um, it it's really fun to see uh, the players express emotions, whether that's sadness, uh, joy, or, you know, fright. Sure. And when you, you kind of fine tune what you're looking for, you can mesh the thematic overture of the adventure that you want to go for, mm -hmm. get inspired however you want, whether that's music or watching movies or whatnot, but then tie it to an emo emotional impact. Uh, when you do that, you start to think of, okay, how, how would I get this through a story? And I think the best lesson I've learned is starting with the end. Okay. Like, if you think of it like, I want the end of the session to be this massive fight in a, you know, vampire's gothic castle, and you're going to stab him through the heart, and he's going to die. Like, you visualize that scene, that, like, badass, you know, climactic battle. Yeah. And then kind of... What, what I do is I will go to the beginning of the adventure mm -hmm. and then I'll do the middle last. And the reason is, um, is your most fleshed out part of the adventure will then be the climax, which is usually the most impactful because that's what everybody's going to leave the table thinking about. So when you visualize and start to design the climax of your adventure, you're going to put usually the most amount of focus into it. And what it allows you to do is identify all the threads that you're going to need to have all the way to the beginning in the middle. And you're going to, you're going to identify that at the very beginning. So then you start incorporating all those threads that connect to the climactic finale um, at the beginning of your adventure design process versus starting linearly where you start at the beginning, then you go to the middle, then, then the end. And I started, I started that way. Um, it took me a, a long time to get to this point, And a lot of designers had mentored me along the way. And this is how a lot of people do it. And I think it pays off. Uh, also, uh, because you want your like players when they finish, like that's the highlight of the night, right? Sure. Um, also, when you're when you're dealing with like time, like a four hour time slot. Gotcha. You start to if you design linearly, what you normally happens is you have a big bit beginning, a big end, and you're like, oh crap, I'm running out of time, and then you kind of like rush the end, right. you know, and then it like oh, we, we kind of cut a lot of stuff in the end, yeah. and so this helps to like buff against that natural inclination sure. so if you have the big ending you kind of know like okay this is going to take an hour and a half so now you're you're at the beginning phase you're already cutting all the fat unnecessary stuff off of the beginning and the middle gotcha and then you have your your four hour time slot adventure yeah i mean that that definitely makes sense to me uh, the, the the approach that i took on on my most successful like endeavor in creating my own adventure i think was i i was I was going to do a trip for a bunch of friends who were new to D and D and I wanted to create an adventure that had like every like aspect of D and D kind of combined into one. So I, I wanted some combat of course, 
some puzzles um, with, where they had to solve them, a couple of traps, and then uh, a big boss at the end with maybe a mystery to solve along the way. And I nice. think by like, like setting those beats for myself, I think is what really helped me. And I think, I think your idea of like starting from the end and you have the beginning and then, you know, making sure you don't forget all that middle stuff. I think that's a good, uh, you know, a good addition to that is like, I know how I wanted to end, which I was kind of like, at first I didn't really know. Um, but then I kind of, I ripped off of Lord of the Rings and I did like the mines of Moria essentially. So nice. I'm like, we're fighting, <laughs> we're fighting the, uh, you know, the Balrog at the end. So that, that's going to be easy. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I don't want him to just, you know, come out of nowhere. I want this ball rock to come from. So I started gradually filling in how I got there in the framework of Lord of the Rings. So now yeah. what you're no, describing is a, is a one shot, right? So like, or yeah. is that the same approach you would use for like a, a larger campaign? So that's a, that's a interesting one for a larger campaign. I don't think I would necessarily use the same approach uh, simply because it'd probably be in infeasible in the sense of there's so much that can happen in terms of the character's agency molding the story uh it's going to be really hard for you to visualize the end you know especially if you're talking like a 20 session campaign arc or something like that um so that was for a one shot yeah my advice there is is for a one shot for for campaigns that i've ran um if i'm not running like a hardcover because i'm a big fan of like the watsi hardcovers but i've done a homebrew campaign all the way up to like level 20 I start to uh, just kind of see how I have a, a big bad and they're doing yeah. stuff, right? But the characters, as they're interacting with the world, I'm kind of layering that into my world building along the way so that the next session, I know how to incorporate things. It's a slower process sure. and it depends on what kind of DM you are. If you want to give a lot of player agency, yeah, you know, that's going to be a completely different process. And if you're a DM and a, and a player group that prefers a more linear type of adventure, Right. So, so there's different schools of thought on that. And they're not, they're, they're equally valid. It's just uh, whatever group you're playing with, you know? Yeah. I, th- I think that's, that's a good point. A lot of people, you know, have in their brain, like their own idea of what D and D can be like some people, um, uh, including a couple in, in our gaming group. Who wants to grill like the shopkeep for yeah, like they wanna, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. They want to ask the shopkeep about his mm-hmm. life story and ask, mm-hmm. you know, what's in the back room behind the, <laughs> you know, the counter. And uh, yeah. other people are like, uh, we're here to find about the giant King and where he's being held. Let's, let's move this along, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then me as a DM, I'm somewhere in the middle, you know, I don't want to, I don't want him to go too far forward where I haven't prepared maybe yet for that night. But I also don't want to spend 20 minutes like making up a backstory for a shopkeep. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, you think, should, I think that's you kind should of do like the Truman show. You go back and there's just cameras back there. They're yeah, filming just, you. That's it. He's like, <laughs> you I don't actually sell it, anything. Yeah. I just work here. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know who any of these people are. I have a script. Um, yeah, it can, it can be really, you know, I think it's that's one of those things that um, I think players can do a, a, a good job of understanding. Like, especially, you know, I've never really experienced this, but especially when you go to like a convention and play like a a one shot or, you know, a part of a campaign like that DM has, you know, this much prepared and this time slot to get everything done in, you know, um, to realize that there are going to be some constraints. You're not going to be able to wander the all of Faerun 
you know, mm-hmm. in that short amount of time. Um, but I feel like the guys running those, it's not their first rodeo. Like, no, these are like no. professionals. Like, all right, I know how to herd cats. You know, yeah, if these guys exactly. are getting away from where I need them to go, I can get them back in line. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and this is some good, you know, insight, I think, for like newer DMs or or players who've played D&D a long time and they want to take on the DM mantle to understand that as long as the character, like the players are having fun, yeah, that's really like, a successful event and sure. and as you've described like if you had a group of players because i've seen like groups of players that they like to go shopping in yeah. town or go eat and just role play like that's a success and i think a lot of dms that when they're new to the game um they may get anxiety of is this like am i supposed to be doing something here to make them have fun but players can have fun right if you just put them in a situation and let them do their thing you know so it's it's cool to, to know that as a dm you can relax at times and just yeah. let things play out uh, if you don't have anything necessarily planned in the moment here, here, here's a kind of a selfish question for myself and my own <laughs> DMing. Uh, Cause this is one thing that I've always kind of struggled with uh, when, yeah. when running a campaign, when characters go shopping, yeah. how do you, do you create a separate inventory for every shop they go to? Or do you just say, Hey, what are you looking for? And you know, do they have it? Do they not have it? Um, Cause that's one thing I've always kind of struggled with. And, you know, we've talked to quite a few people. We've talked to Satine Phoenix yeah. and, and Luke Gygax and stuff. And everyone seems to have their own kind of take on it. Um, but I'd be interested to hear what how you run that. Yeah, I so I have a few ways I've ran I've run it before, um, and I think I've I've had to where every shop has an inventory list. Now I I, I will admit that there are products you can buy that will do that for you. Okay, sure. so if, if you're a DM with not a lot of time, there are products where it'll have 10 different shops and 10 special inventories and makes your job real easy. Yeah. Um, now notice there, there is some kind of a consequence I'll say, not in a negative sense, but the reality is you're limiting what's there maybe kind of arbitrarily. So sure. players may not get what they want all the time. I think I have grown to just say, you know, you pretty much, if you're like in a big town, you can pretty much get anything you want. Sure get it you know unless there's an item that i think as a dm will break the campaign or that they shouldn't explicitly have yeah. i'd rather i'd rather take time to cut out items i don't want them to have and just let them have free reign because that's fun as a character you're going to have many different builds and that's what you know it, it's hard for a dm to think about what the player who's playing the character really wants and what right. they want to try like what if one of the guys is a fighter and they want a pole arm, you know, I mean, right. you know, or they want to use two handed weapons. So letting them have that freedom uh, and there's a middle ground. The middle ground might be like, hey, I'll let you get look for any item you want, but you may have to make some kind of check sure, to, to do that, like a, you know, persuasion check because maybe the the blacksmith really does have every weapon, but some of them are like, you know, on, on reserve for somebody else to pick up. And if you right. persuade him, he'll, you know, he'll slide it to you and say got lost in the inventory, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That I think that's an interesting take, and that's kind of what you know. If you remember what we did, yeah. uh, what last night I guess it was, where it was like if they're in a seedy part of town, like if they kind of, you know, investigation checked their way into like a, a kind of a back alley black market store, there mm-hmm. might be extra things available there that there might not be at an at the run of the mill you know armor shop kind of thing. So, yeah, I I think that's just one of those things that a lot of times I. I struggle with like knowing when to, when to be, you know, 
relaxed and open and find out, you know, Hey, you know, do whatever you guys want. This is your game kind of thing. And when to be like, uh, here's a list of things that are available so as not to break the game, you know, no, yeah. you know, uh, the deck of many things just laying on the countertop or whatever, <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I would say with magic items in particular, yeah. cause that's like a special, you know, fifth edition has been very wary to like have the magic item shop. Right. And, and on purpose. So I will say like when there are shopping things, um, I don't think I ever introduced magic items in yeah. those. What I will do is when there is, you know, you go into a cave and you find the treasure chest. Right. Right. I'll that, say, what magic item one. do you kind of find, you know? And then they, Oh, this one. Oh, yep. That's it. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like that. I'm letting the character kind of choose the item they want. Oh, now, interesting. Okay. you can, I'll, I'll say that there is precedence for this and it, it's not game breaking per se, but uh, in the organized play program for Adventures League uh, that Watsi has, what they do is the characters, when they find a magic item, it's unlocked for everyone at the table. And there's like a list of magic items they could all pick from. So you're kind of like buying their own magic items Got it. Uh, out of game and they're bringing them in. And I think that works really well because then people can get specific items they want for their specific build. Yeah. Uh, versus putting the work on the DM. Because a lot of this is like we're extra work on the DM. Like, okay, now I'm, I'm a DM. You know, I got, for, I'll speak for myself. Like I got my full-time military job. I got my three kids. I design stuff. Like I don't have time to to worry about what your character right specific you know uncommon magic item that they want is right. uh that makes sense. i'd rather i'd rather that be the player's responsibility yeah and, I, tell, and I, tell me ahead of time so it's not game breaking right yeah. right i think that's a good point because like that's another thing i struggled with and not you know i don't i don't ever really sell magic items you know the mm -hmm. most they'll ever find at like you know a special shop would be like maybe they have like one you know potion of healing or maybe they'll have a you know a silvered blade here and there kind of thing but like the real fun stuff is always like a, a big, bad, like, you know, mm -hmm. treasure chest or whatever. Yep. Um, and one thing that I've always struggled with is like, okay, I have five players in my game and, you know, how do I know what Christian's half orc rogue would want and what, you know, Tim's, you know, was he a, he's a tiefling warlock, tiefling warlock, warlock. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, like what's cool to, to either of those guys and our, our tiefling warlock, um, you know, doesn't play much like a warlock. He plays very much like a bard almost. He's like very much like the, the comical face of the, of the group almost. And mm -hmm. to try to figure out like what's, what's important to them. And I think that, that kind of, you know, giving a little free reign to them, you know, again, not, you know, not throwing like the crazy, craziest mm -hmm. game breaking stuff out there, but giving them a little choice. I think that's an interesting idea. Yeah. And, 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 you know, kind of a neat way to do that if you're kind of more cautious of of that or you don't want to give full reign is uh, in the dmg Dungeon master's guide yeah. there are magic tables and right. some of those magic tables like magic table a is a lot of the lame magic items i'll say sure and then you go to you know magic item table b and it gets a little bit better all the way up to like f or g right so if you if you're kind of cautious look at a magic item table that you're kind of as a dm okay with right and let the players roll on it that's kind of i've done that before too like hey you find the treasure roll on this magic table and that's what it is and they have fun because kind of like you know going to the casino and right. oh, i'm gonna roll the dice yeah, and pull, pull, pull yeah the hey, hey <laughs> i got this thing so yeah if you're if you're if you want a middle ground i think that's a good one too okay so yeah. i got a question yeah. so since you're in the military have you ever had any of your military buddies like play who have never played before and how does that usually go like is it usually like 
are they like all about it or are they kind of like, oh, I'm not really feeling this or do you have to like baby them a lot? No. So I, I played Dungeons and Dragons for the first time when I was a company commander deployed to Iraq and Kuwait for the whole ISIS uh, insurgency in 2015. Sure. And my soldiers actually had played, one of them had, he was a specialist. He played D&D 3.5. Yeah. And uh, this is right when fifth edition came out and he said, Hey, sir, I'll run Dungeons and Dragons while we're here in the desert. So I bought the books and I brought them with us nice. to deploy. And uh, we had every week on Sunday, me and like, you know, seven soldiers from my unit, we would play D&D together. So I learned how to play D&D from one of my soldiers. And then after that, I started running it for other soldiers. And I used Roll20 uh, Virtual Tabletop sure. to play with people stationed in Korea or in Germany. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, yeah, or they even deployed to the Middle East. And it's it's fun. They're, they're in like... The military guys and gals and, and everybody, any soldier or sailor, like they're into it. Um, yeah. And they get very, you can have them that are very tactical oriented, you know, <laughs> sure. they're going to be, hey, we're going to go do this. And yeah. You get, you know, they're going to go and flank the enemy. Flanking and do all position. This stuff. Yeah. yeah. I don't play yeah, flanking. I, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, the reality is for our generation and, and younger, yeah. uh, like the Gen Z's that are young in the military, D and D being a nerd is freaking cool. Right. It straight up is like D and D is cool. Like playing D and D is awesome. Now I'll have like the older generation above us, you know, like the Gen X that's kind of still like D and D that's a little nerdy. Right. And, and I'll show them how to play and then they'll have a freaking blast and they want to play more, you know? Right. So it's like, I'm glad to see that the stigma of nerdy has been changed in our society. I have another question. You know? The guy who taught you now, forgive my military ranking, but you were a, Okay. Him? Now this is great. This is a great question because it's unorthodox. Uh, yeah, because think. he's basically telling you what to do, right? When it's yeah, kind of yeah. breaking rank. <laughs> Correct. He was a subordinate. Um, so you, in the in the military, you have your enlisted ranks and you have your officers. So I, I was I'm an officer, and at this time I was a captain. I was commanding a company of about 110 soldiers, and this uh, soldier, uh, specialist Brust at the time, he he's just E4. So for enlisted, there's ranks E1 through E9. Okay. So he was a four. So he's kind of, you know, uh, newer into the military. So it would, they're like, wow, the company commander is playing with us. You know, they thought it was kind of fun because yeah. normally company commanders don't do that kind of thing, I right. guess, let alone play D&D with their soldiers. But I mean, that's the beauty of D&D. It brings together anyone. Right. And if you're the DM, if when you're the DM, like I wasn't seeing him as one of my soldiers, right. he was a DM. That's so so the moment where you were like, you rolled a natural one. I was like, actually, that's a, that's a nat 20 right <laughs> yeah. there. Hey, soldier. Yeah, no, 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 no. Hey, remember no. when you gave me that nat one? Go peel some potatoes, yeah. buddy. You got extra <laughs> duty. No, no. That, but, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I loved, uh, like, that's what's cool. Like, whoever's in the DMC, that, yeah. that has its own position of authority. And it's kind of, you know, you honor that. Yeah, and, and I'm sure it's kind of cool, too, you know. Um, no, no matter where you're stationed, I'm sure there's, there's some monotonous days out there and having a little, little bit of a, a fantasy escape from it could be kind of nice for a couple hours. You know, I'm sure that's why a lot of us play it. Like, you know, a couple hours a week, we don't have to worry about like what we have to go into work tomorrow. We're just mm -hmm. like, you're like, I just hope these dice are hot tonight, you know? <laughs> yeah. No, or these 100%. rolls on a uh, roll 20 don't like, <laughs> yeah, the clicks on roll 20. <laughs> Now, I know I mentioned peeled potatoes. Do they still do that? Is that, is that a punishment? Or is that something like Looney Tunes and cartoons taught us? Like, is that is that a thing? <laughs> do soldiers in the army? So 
that you know the only punishments they would have is called like extra duty uh and that's when they have to just you know stay up for 18 hours and do mundane things like you know cleaning rocks off the ground or something but you know uh, that we don't as a military now we're not about that stuff anymore you know we're more relaxed than the old days i would say so nice. uh there's not that divide between officer enlisted you know it's more hey you're a person you're a human being right we're going to treat you with respect doesn't matter if you're a general or if you're a private like you're going to come in to our military and you're serving the country like you're going to be treated well yeah. we're going to make sure you're good and that like when i was a company commander i gave everybody off on like i remember yeah, the game Destiny came out. Oh, you know, fuck! Yeah. I gave everybody, I gave everybody the day off of work when it came you out. You are a saint. That's it. Hey, right. There's no work today. It's Destiny release day. Destiny day. Oh my god. Yeah. So you know, like it's cool to do that and like give people their weekends and uh, sure extra days off and stuff. Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm sure that goes a long way when when it comes to asking them something hard to do. You know, they they built that relationship with you. Heck yeah. Point. Absolutely. Yeah, no, this guy's a Destiny fiend. Yeah, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> it's been it's been rough now that Destiny 2's been out for so long. I've kind of fallen mm-hmm. off a little bit, but man, if they it's ever do game. Destiny 3, I am I am all the way back in, you know. It's a good game. Up. Yeah. <laughs> um so going back into uh D&D. So, why don't you tell us uh are you working on anything right now? What's what's uh, up next for you as far as uh creating a module or or adventure? Okay, so I've been teasing my next adventure on Twitter, uh, but I'll give you all the real scoop, okay? So this is being worked on right now. It's in the final stages. It's going through illustration, but it is a one-on-one adventure. So they call that a duet-style adventure where you have one DM and one player. Uh, So it's only two people. Now, that one I built is entirely designed around the bard class. So you play a level six bard and the entire adventure is thematically built around that class and all the skills they have in feats. And it's called the Tenacious Bard versus Orcus. And it's built to the music of Tenacious D and other hard, heavy, you know, metal music that are classics. And you start off in the Battle of the Bards at the Witchlight Carnival. Sure. You, You battle off against War Duke himself. And you have these new mechanics where... When you do your performance, you summon a uh, musical avatar, gotcha. and it's like a, it's kind of like a Scott Pilgrim versus the World, where he's playing the guitar and it's you know, you know, monster manifests and they fight. Yeah, that's yes. kind of how this works. So you you fight as a bard with this musical avatar, and you have these riffs that add special effects to your avatar, what it can do. Awesome. Uh, and the story is you have to go to hell, and you have to defeat the demon lord Orcus, who's invading hell. Uh, and he's going to kill Zeriel and Asmodeus and stuff. And so at the end, if you're successful, Asmodeus uh, might offer you a record label contract nice. to, to, to bring you on to his uh, record label. But it's a really fun uh, adventure. And what's really cool is Brian Patterson, who's D20 Monkey on online. He does a comic strip and everything. Great artist. He is fully illustrating this uh, adventure. So it's beautiful. Uh, it's been play tested by over 20 DMs and it's, it's really fine tuned. So it's, it's great stuff. I'm yeah. I was, I was, uh, you know, you were, you were kind enough to send us a little sample and like just reading yeah. like some of the, the mechanics of like, you know, combat and how that that's all going to work. It's so interesting. I mean, I think, you know, when a lot of us think about creating a D and D adventure, we're like, okay, like what can we do in water deep today? You know um, we, we look at it like, placing our adventures in something that already exists. 
how do you come up with an idea that is like it's not it's it's almost not even D D anymore it's it's so original that yes we have a framework of how we play this game but you know you have like the the riffs and the musical soundtrack that goes along behind it like where do you get that kind of inspiration from so uh these have those design aspects have built up over time yeah. uh i started messing with them uh, early in my design career uh in one module called weekend at strads it's uh oh, I saw, I saw 80s yeah it's, a, it's an 80s based uh like it, it takes place in barovia you know right after curse of Strahd, like strads dead and it's kind of like weekend at bernie's sure and it's based around like 80s music and it's kind of like a party game night like if you're having a one-shot game that at your house it's like a party experience right. and so there's music involved with that and like drinking games and things but i started to think about it and i'm like you know these uh dnd adventures and these one shots they should be like an experience yeah um and with the technology that we have today it's becoming more and more possible to do that mm -hmm. and so with things like spotify or youtube right. where you can you know get music instantly you know 20 30 years ago you need to have like the CD, yeah, physically to do that, right? Yeah. So you had to burn the, you had to record yeah. the mixtape, or you had to sit there, yeah, and yeah. listen to the song, hit pause right there. Oh shit, I got yeah, the radio you, guy on it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So with like the evolution of technology uh, changing, like this is making that stuff possible. And then I made an adventure called the Blood Hunter, based around Matthew Mercer's Blood Hunter class. Okay, sure. And it, that's a one on one as well. That was my first one on one I ever did, and I started to realize, like you know, there's a there's a gap in the products that are available to D and D players. So you have like all the adventures are normally built for your traditional group, right. right? Style play. And some of them came out like wizards of the coast had the essentials kit. And it's like, this can be tailored for one-on-one, -on -one, but it wasn't specifically one-on-one. -on -one. Right. And then there started to be a few duet style adventures that were coming out here and there. But what I realized was there were no adventures designed around a class. And I thought, from a design perspective, what's really unique about doing that is I can make something super specific to like, uh, it, you know, bards, they do their performance check, they have their bardic inspiration die. Mm -hmm. I can make the story all about that and make it a one shot. So if you're a player out there and you want to play a bard, but you never played one, like you playing this adventure, you're going to walk away knowing if you like bards or not. Sure. Like there's no not knowing that. And it's super easy because all you need is one DM to do it. Right. And the, the way that the adventure is designed is the DM and the player are going to be engaged the entire time. They're both going to have fun and all the extra stuff that I, I throw in there, like the music and the, the illustrations to visually immerse both the DM and the player is going to make it like an awesome experience for everybody. And that's, so that's kind of where I came from on that. that. That's such an interesting like idea of like, because I've, I've definitely been that, that person where like, I don't know if I'd ever want to play a whole game as a bard. Or like wizards seem like such a hassle, you know, like mm. having to learn that class and, and be stuck with it for a whole campaign, you know, like the one campaign we've been playing, we just passed a year of playing it. <laughs> um, like, I don't know if I'd want to get stuck as, as one class if I'm trying something new. And I think having that duet style uh, gameplay, you know, it's such a cool idea to be able to try it and, you know, know by the end of it, you know, at the end of a, you know, two hour session, three hour session, whatever it ends mm -hmm. up being like, whether that's the, the class for you. I think that's a cool idea. I've never, I've never played I've considered doing a one-on-one D and D before. Cause I'm like, realistically, it's all you really need. And I've seen, yeah, for sure. 
I've seen a couple people do it online and stuff. Like, uh, I think Matt Mercer <clears throat> did one with Stephen Colbert like that. It was a real, real short one that you could do yeah. on, on on the internet. But it, Colbert, it's interesting. Be a tough player to have. Oh, no. <laughs> I think he, he he totally gets lost. He's a huge. Lord oh no, and that's Rangers. why because he's a huge Lord of the Rings fan. Like I feel like he would try to <laughs> throw in a lot of themes yeah. or get you know live out a lot of his fantasies. And he, but he was also at Second City, so he knows how to. You know, that's true. Improvise mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. So the one thing I'll say about duet style adventures that I've come to realize from designing them and running them is uh they're different than a traditional style in the sense of it's very cumbersome on the dm because you know how when you have a group of players you can introduce the barkeep and then the players will talk amongst themselves for a while yeah i just sit back and listen to these guys like bicker yeah 20 minutes it's great now that's gone (laughs) yeah so it's just you and them just like bang 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 bang. you're like so the role play is like much more it's very rapid and the combat is very rapid so the time is much like yeah. uh if i were to have one of my normal adventures be fit for one-on-one it, if it was a four-hour traditional adventure it would be ran much faster than that sure. on one-on-one so when you design adventures or consider running one um you just got to take that into consideration also i'll say if you're normally used to running four-hour adventures as a dm yeah. for traditional don't do that for a duet because you're going to get overworked because you're going to be realizing how exhausting it is to be constantly engaging oh yeah uh, the entire time so Start with like a two hour, I would say, and see how it goes. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So, you know, uh, basically, I think all of your work is available on DMs Guild, right? Or at least most of it. Yeah. 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 All of it right now is I have one coming out also this month for Arcadia, which is MCDM's uh, magazine. It's awesome. If you haven't seen it, it's really, really good. This is the 10th issue. Um, and this is like a, this takes into account my experience type of approach, like a party game night. Okay. And, and this one's called, uh, defend your Gobbo cave and you play as goblins, oh, okay. uh, defending your cave from invaders that are trying to take your stuff. That's awesome. And so it's like a reverse dungeon yeah. concept, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and what's cool about it is you kind of like the players, they, they take on uh, one of four types of goblins. So I've made four specific types of goblins and you get to play as those specific special ones. And then uh, you take rooms. There's five different rooms for your cave and you get to modularly build your cave. Interesting. And then there's like wave attacks that occur. So it's like, uh, a, it's like a tower game. Where yeah. Like almost you're just, like a tower sort of. defense kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So you have like one wave and then it stops and there's like a social encounter. Like yeah. you get this little, you know, grandma that comes visit you and you have food, oh, <laughs> you know, role play. That's... And then uh, what's neat is each of the rooms I designed are based around again like a theme so like you know yeah. one of them is uh like a theme park so nice. you, you go in there and then like disney world music will start playing oh, that's and so then cool. one of them is like uh one of the goblin and they're tied to like the goblins i made as well so one of the goblins is like a big you know chonka goblin is called his big workout guy yeah and uh huge muscles and you go there and there's like a bunch of dilapidated workout equipment in his room. And then right. if you go there, 80s music for workouts start playing, you know, like all the <laughs> old so stuff awesome. from the from the 80s. And then uh, what else we have? We have uh, like one that's based off Miami Beach. You have because you have like yeah. a flame goblin and you go there's like a bunch of Latin music. So yeah. it's really fun and interactive and yeah. it's zany. And, and uh, you're going to die a bunch of times like I have it where the goblins die. Sure. But when you die, you there's a magic item that makes you reappear anywhere in the cave. So it's fun. You're killing each other. You kill your friends. God. You set off traps and you're you're doing all this fun stuff. It's really cool. Yeah. Again, that's it just seems like such a cool original idea. Like, 
you know, the role reversal and, you know, we, we never think when we're stomping around in, in a goblin cave about like what those goblins are doing in between adventures. Oh, I in. do. I like to create a backstory. <laughs> I like to know that I made their family sad. Oh, like uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so one of the cool things that, you know, I've played around on uh, uh, DM's Guild a little bit. Um, and mm-hmm. one thing I found is like there's some really useful like tools on there. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I've seen similar ones of the, like the shop list that you've, you've talked about. Um, and there was a cool one that we use for overland travel. That's really fun. Are there any other, like, like must have like tools and resources you've seen on there or either you've produced or just used yourself? Yeah. Um, I would say that the unique thing about DMs Guild, if you're out there listening, you don't really know what it is, is it's Wizards of the Coast allows us to use their intellectual property. So right. we are licensed, you know, publishing licensed content. Right. So what one of that I'll point out, two, I have two products I think are both very specific to Wizards IP, but also very usable by DMs if you're not using Wizards IP. Sure. Um, excuse me. And that is uh, the first one's Elminster's Candlekeep Companion. Okay. And it's all about the city of Candlekeep, which is like a big library city in, in Faerun. And the Forgotten Realms. Yeah. And so you can get this thing and it'll give you, it's Ed Greenwood uh, worked with us on it. So it's like all the Candlekeep lore and all the stuff there. But if you're not using Forgotten Realms and you need like a, you know, a library city and a monastic order of monks that are like librarians, this can also translate to that because we have like roll tables for books. Like right. when you go into a library, what books are, because you're going to have that player. Oh, what books on the, on the yeah. you know shelf? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Well, this has like roll tables for like what the books are and what do they say and how do they look? Gotcha. Um, the other one is uh dark hold secrets of the Zentarum. So the Zentarum are a, like a, like a thief kind of roguish, very evil organization in the forgotten realms. Yeah. But you, we have rules in that. Guys? Did we? Yeah, the the, the, Zents? the seven seven snakes. They were part of the Zentarum. Oh, nice. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so that that book there is uh, has like a chapter on how to run evil campaigns. Yeah. And and how to play evil characters Ooh, in, in a responsible manner and like a one that's collaborative in nature, and not toxic. Like you hear stories of where there's you know they, right. they ruin the game, and um you can get organizations for like how to have an evil, an evil organization and the hierarchy and the ranks and how to move up and stuff like that. Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I I think, you know, both of those would be good. And I think I really like those um, books, like the, um, the, the library one you were talking about where it's like, I can take portions of that and just plug it in whenever I need like a, an order of monks or, you know, a bookstore or something. And we do, we do have one of those uh, players who's, always asking about like, Hey, what books do they have? I'm like, uh, I don't know. It's like an Elvish romance <laughs> novel. Just put it down. Yeah. Don't, don't look at it. <laughs> Does it have the secret map in it? Uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't. Uh, none of these do. Please leave. <laughs> yeah. um, well, cool, man. That, that's so exciting. Uh, let us know where like our listeners and watchers uh, can find that information. And uh, uh, when, when abouts is that new, um, the, uh, tenacious bard coming out and also yeah. where they can follow you all the social medias yeah plug, yeah, plug yeah. Whatever you need so if you want to if you're on twitter and you want to follow me there it's at thron589 and if you want to look at all my stuff that i publish i update my website as uh my publications come out that is anthonydreams.com and you'll find all my publications on there and the tenacious bard one is going to be coming out 
hopefully this month, uh, depending on how illustrations go with the holidays coming up, but sure. definitely it's like it's like at the finish line. We're getting there. Um, the Arcadia one with the goblins that's going to be out uh, this month at the end of the month, so you can get that through the MCDM website or their Patreon. They uh, have a subscription for the magazine there. Awesome, man. That's I'm super excited. I'm definitely going to check out both. The I'm a huge Tenacious D fan, so. Uh, oh, you're gonna love it then. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, I'm gonna send you a copy when it comes. When I when it's final, you're gonna get a, a comp copy from me, and then you could you know run it. Uh, oh, maybe for, I'll, me, me and Christian will run it together, and we'll we'll do we'll put it on. Yeah, I wish I knew how to there play guitar because then that way I could just play it. But yeah, you can just put it. You can just insert the guitar. Yeah, there you go. You can DM it for me, and I'll play it. There yeah. we go. <laughs> nice, nice. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. It's been really interesting talking to you, and uh, we'd love to have you back on maybe uh, and do another like uh, GM's tip sometime. I think it'll, it'll be really good to get because everyone that's one thing that i think most people are hesitant about playing a D, uh, dungeon master is that like where do i start you know you watch as many videos as you can but i think having you know someone that you can ask questions to is is very important and i think you're a great resource for that or if you want to give us military yeah. secrets just give those away yeah i mean know. that's cool too <laughs> the military's not listening at all big brother is not listening <laughs> yeah. the fbi are not watching us you're good <laughs> Funny story about that. One of our <laughs> one of our most watched YouTube videos is when we said Pentagon releases UFO report. We had like, oh, yeah. yeah, like in the first day we had like uh, 500 listens. We're like, oh my god, what have we done? Oh, some people were pissed. Yeah, they were upset that we did not actually release. We didn't give them any files. government secrets. Like, no, we're just two oh, dumbasses talking about how we what yeah, we think is going to happen. Aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's um funny. Here's here's a funny story. So when I was working in the Pentagon, there's this one room. I would take everybody to it. I'm says, listening. You know, it has, you can, this is not, you know, we don't have to talk about the classification though, but no, it, it has like alien autopsy room on it. Right. Yeah. So you bring people by like, what's that? It's the alien autopsy room. It has like the, the official plaque and everything. Yeah. And you're like, it can't be, you know, but it just goes to show you like, uh, I thought it was interesting because the, you know, that they released all that UFO stuff recently. Yeah. And it's just interesting that like, huh. Wasn't you know? Uh, we heard about it. They confirm, and yeah. it's like okay. Everyone's like, we got other next. things to deal with right now. Okay, <laughs> see, see, and we, we talked about this, and I said this is on purpose. Yeah. They released it during COVID yeah. because everyone was too busy not getting sick. Once but, COVID, by passed, the way, there are aliens, and everyone's like, cool, whatever. I don't <laughs> want to get sick. Yeah. And then once yeah. COVID passes, they're like, wait. <laughs> Didn't someone say anything about aliens? Like that's old shit. That yeah. was like last year. What are you yeah, asking? Yeah, yeah. What are you asking? Yeah, like, yeah. Just move on. Like just <laughs> now, forget about it. Now we're mad at Dave Chappelle. Keep up. Like, yeah. Like come on, keep up. There was tranny jokes. That's what we're mad about now. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's so funny how how quickly we move on from that. But th that's funny. They have a, an actual room like that. I would so yeah. Take it's, around. it's it. They have the, so that one. You know, again, because you can go in the Pentagon and do tours. Yeah. Uh, and so they'll bring tour groups by there and they're like what the hell yeah and they have one that's like the rebel hoth like that rebel hoth base or whatever oh, it has nice. like a taunt has like a tauntaun on it oh that's <laughs> it's amazing just, so it's, it's cool nice stuff. To yeah. know that they have a sense of humor yeah exactly yeah. you know I, and you can I, you know that's what they didn't you know yeah that's the one thing you know if anybody is out there you could always um try to get on a pentagon tour it is you can get in and it's open to the public uh with if you set up, uh, go on their website, you can go in there. Let's do cool. it. I'm down. Yeah. Let's go on yeah. a Pentagon tour. I would totally stuff. joke around if I worked there. I'm like, where do you yeah. think Mulder and Scully work? They're yeah. in there doing all that hard work. <laughs> They're back there. They're in the basement. I, let's go to the basement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Anthony. It was re really awesome talking to you. And, um, you know, a lot of great information. I'm very excited to play some of your modules. I can't wait. Cool. Um, and uh, to all the nerds out there, remember, you know, you can uh, follow us at 
uh, nerdswithfriendspodcast.com or check, become a patron of our show at patreon.com slash nerdswithfriends. Support the show and, uh, you know, support our D&D habit because, you know, Lord knows we have one. Um, and all that information, again, nerdswithfriendspodcast.com. Thank you to our patrons who help make this show possible. We do appreciate you guys. We'll raise raise your names up scrolling above our faces on YouTube. So uh, we do appreciate you guys. Um, and Christian, as always. Fun. Nice talking to you, man. Yeah. I want more military secrets, more UFO stuff next time. Yeah, well, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll get some of those off my <laughs> No promises. That was our no hottest promises. episode, man. Like this one, just we just got to put the keywords in there. Yeah, just... exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and to all the nerds out there, remember, you're not alone. You're with friends. This is Nerds with Friends. Thank you and good night.